Section 17 of A Brief History of Forestry. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Brief History of Forestry by Bernard Fernau. Section 17. The Scandinavian States. Denmark. Forestry in Denmark is of interest especially on account of the intensive methods developed on small areas, and of the efforts of reforestation of sand dunes, moors, and heaths. Greatly curtailed an area when, as a result of the War of 1864, Prussia detached the provinces of Schleswig and Holstein, Denmark now has an area of 15,360 square miles, with 2.5 million people, or 163 to the square mile. It is largely a farming country. 80% being productive, only 6.3% of it, or less than 600,000 acres being under forest, and this also mostly on soil capable of farm use, hence an import of over $7 million worth of wood material is required. In addition, there are about 75,000 acres of heaths and other wastes in process of reforestation. Especially on the island of Hueyland, on which the capital Copenhagen is situated, the forest area is now increasing by planting. The balance, or nearly 20% of the land area, consists of heaths, moors, peat bogs, and sands. Half of the forest area is located on the islands, and as these represent about one-third of the total area, they are twice as densely forested as the peninsula of Jutland. This latter along the north and west coast for 200 miles represents a large sandbank with extensive sand dunes, shifting sands, heaths, and moors, a desolate, almost uninhabited country of sterile downs, called Kliten the recovery of which has been in progress for a hundred years. According to some, this once bore a coniferous forest. More likely, it was never forested. While original beech was and is still the predominant timber, 60%, with considerable additions of oak, 7%, and other hardwoods, a conifer forest of spruce and pine, covering more than 20% of the forest area, has been established by planting. This planting has been mainly done on the dunes and sand wastes, and in the reclamation of the extensive heaths and moors or peat bogs, especially in the northern Limfjord district, which occupy one-sixth of the unproductive area. As was natural, the forest stocking on good farmland had to yield early to plough and pasture. Attempts at conservative use of the forest area date back to 1557, when Christian III issued a forest ordinance directing his vassals, or liege lords, to permit the peasants to secure their domestic wood requirements at a cheap rate, but not to permit cutting for sale or export, and reserving to himself all returns from such sales. There were also regulations for the pasture, especially as to goats, and for the use of the mast, which then formed more than one quarter of the income from the royal forests. In the 18th century, the needs of forest management was recognised, and in 1762, the two eminent German foresters, von Langen and von Xanthia, see page 88, were invited to visit Denmark and Norway, see above, with a view of organising such management. In 1760, eight young Danes were sent to von Langen in Wernigerode to study his methods for three years, and these with the two German foresters returned in 1762, and under the direction of von Langen, organised the Sealand Forest Areas and started the first plantations of conifers, which are now the pride of Danish foresters. In 1781, the state forests were altogether placed under an organised administration. By the beginning of the 19th century, the reduction of forest areas had progressed to such an extent that, in 1805, a law was enacted providing that the then existing forest area containing beech and oak should be maintained as such forever, 
or at least that any new clearing and equivalent area be planted to forest. This law was perhaps the result of a journey in 1802 to Germany made by two leading officials of the forest department, German influence through Kota and Hartig being at this time visible everywhere. Other restrictions in the disposal of peasants' farms or woodlands, and in the manner of farming the large estates, otherwise than by renting to farmers, were also enacted in order to secure stability of the peasant class. It was at this time that the accumulative taxing of landed estates now under heated discussion in Great Britain was used effectively to break up the aggregation of landed property and change the country from one of baronial estates to small farmers' holdings. In this reform movement, the name of Count Reventlo, chief of the State Forest Department, appears as the leading spirit. The forest area, which until 1820 was on the decrease, had since that time increased steadily, and is especially now increasing through reforestation of wastelands. At present, most intensive forest management is practised in the state forest as well as in the communal and private forest areas, which latter as stated are largely in farmers' wood lots since the law forbids the union of small farms into large estates. There is little communal property, and large private estates are also rare. The state owns about 24% of the forest area, or 142,000 acres, of which one-third is non-productive or otherwise occupied, and one-third consists of coniferous plantations. Excepting in the beech forest, most of the timber is of the younger age classes, below 60 to 80 years, and it is anticipated that the cut will have to be reduced and the import of wood and woodenware increased. Artificial reproduction is the most general silvicultural practice, except in the beech forest, which is reproduced naturally after preparation of the soil and sowing acorns for admixture at the same time, spending altogether $12 to $15 per acre in this preparation. Since 1880, thinnings have been based on the idea of favouring final harvest trees somewhat after the French fashion. They are begun in the 20th to 30th year and are repeated every three years, aided by pruning. Then, in each subsequent decade, the return occurs in as many years as the decade has tens. Especially in the direction of thinnings, the German practice and even theory is outdone, the thinnings being made severer and recurring more frequently. More than a hundred years ago, the state began the reclamation work of the dunes and heaths, but it progressed more actively only since the sixties of last century as a result of legislation had in 1857. In 1867, a special dune department was instituted, and through the effort of a state engineer, Captain Dalgas, an association was formed for the reclamation of heaths and moors. A small subvention of $600 started the work of the association in its useful campaign under the advice of Staatsplanter, state forest planter, Jensen Tushk. The state subvention now amounts to about $40,000 annually, and the success of the association has been such that it has been almost a fad for large landowners and others to buy up these wastelands, and have them planted through the agents of the Heath Association. The planting is mainly of spruce in plough furrows at a cost of $10 to $12 per acre, 60 to 80 year old stands of earlier plantings testifying to the possible results. In the last 40 years, nearly 200,000 acres of heath have been planted, of which over one-half are to the credit of the association. For the education of the higher-grade foresters, a department of forestry, now with two professors, was instituted in the Royal Veterinary and Agricultural High School at Copenhagen in 1869, with a course of five years, including one and a half years of practical work. This education is given free of charge. 
The Heath Association educates its own officers, including in their subjects the management of meadows and peat bogs. A forestry association composed one half of forest owners with its organ Titsgrift for Skulvesen, in existence since 1888, and a valuable book literature, in which the problems of the heath are especially fully and authoritatively treated, places Denmark in the foremost rank in the forestry world in these particulars. Among the prominent contributors are to be mentioned, besides Reventlow and Dalgas, P. E. Muller, well known by his discussions of the problems of more soils. From 1876 to 1891, he issued a magazine in which Opperman contributed a history of Danish forestry. The latter author also, in cooperation with Houch, published in 1900 a handbook of forestry. End of section 17